Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. This is a very special off-season edition uh, I'm Andy Barons, freshly returned from vacation. I am joined by my usual podcast partner, Scott Pianowski, the Hall of Famer. Uh, we both have baseball slow drafts ongoing right at this moment, even without a baseball season in sight. But today, of course, we're going to look far ahead to the 2022 NFL season. Scott, how are you? I hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl, whatever your circumstances were. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great, Andy. Doing great. Um Looking forward to hopefully the baseball lockout getting resolved soon. Watching a lot of college basketball, and and of course, trying to to think ahead to the 2022 NFL draft, NFL fantasy drafts. You know, fantasy football has become a 12 month cottage industry. So here we are. It's February, and uh, you know we have to talk about football like there's a draft in 10 minutes. Which, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, there may be. There might be. Uh, while you're while you're enjoying college basketball, are you enjoying uh, the uh, Iowa women's team, may I ask, led by Caitlin Clark, uh, who, uh, to the best of my knowledge, which is limited, uh, sure seems like she should be the player of the year. I mean, hitting logo threes. What's, what's better than that? Nothing. I've also really enjoyed the the ride of the Bryant College Bulldogs, uh, who are um, right now in a, in a dogfight with Wagner to see who comes out of the NEC. And they have a player named Peter Kiss, who's senior. He's the leading scorer in the country, by the way, on a per-game basis. And he reminds me so much of Chris Heron. Um, when you think of Chris Heron, the, the peak Chris uh, Heron yeah. at Fall, Fall River, or you know, when, when he was uh, in that sophomore year at Fresno State, where he can just get anywhere on the floor he needs to. His range is the whole gym. Uh, he's a very emotional player. He's capable of dunking, even though he's a guard. Um, rebounds. But, and even though he can carry a team on his back, he also incorporates the rest of the team. He's, you can see he's popular with his teammates. Um, I've really fallen in love with the Bryant University team. And I, and I hope they have a big game coming with Wagner. In fact, I went to Rotowire and I said, I just offered this <laughs> look, you know, I don't know how much NEC coverage you're getting, but I'm, I'm here to supplement. I'm here to supplement notes. So, uh, you know, when I got home yesterday, I was writing some notes about Peter Kiss and Charles Pride and Greg Kalixt and some of the other Brian players. So uh, that's become my passion project. And did and I did can't Peter Schenke tell you that they had a specialist for each team in the conference? I'm sure they, I'm assuming they do. Oh, they have unbelievable coverage, but yeah. um, they were able to get me in. They got, you know, I got my new login, my new, my new sign in. They also told me that even though I haven't worked for Rotowire for a very long time, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I've been at Yahoo for 13 years now. Okay. I'm still fifth all time in football notes written 
NFL notes written. Wow. Which tells you, which tells you how much I was abused in my time at Rotowire. <laughs> um, you know, I was just covering pretty much everything. But um, yes, I'm still fifth all time in that. I don't know who the four. And that's and that's are. not even era adjusted. That's just those are just the raw numbers. No, you, the, you know, there's no PEDs in me unless unless, unless caffeine becomes a performance <laughs> enhancing drug. Let's hope not, because that's what's kept me employable all these years. So February, you know, bring on the combine, bring on the NFL draft, bring on the tournament. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing some stuff with Frank Schwab. We, we've done a lot of NCAA tournament stuff in the past around this time of year. And we maybe I may even be on the Sportsbook Daily giving you some hockey picks and hopefully some baseball picks in the near future. So I hope you're looking out for that. You know, I, I try to be a man of all seasons. Andy. Excellent. Excellent. This is uh, really encouraging. Well, if it's not if it's not clear already. The podcast is probably going to be a little a little bit freewheeling today. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a long look ahead at uh, the 2022 season. Uh, today, we're each going to discuss the team, the single team, maybe multiple teams. I've got a couple of honorable mentions here uh, that we are that we are most excited to target in drafts, and uh, and then a team or teams that we are likely to uh, avoid at all costs. So we'll just we'll just see where the discussion goes. You and I have not revealed to each other who those teams are, um, so that should be kind of fun. I, I don't think we have. We had a scare. We had a news scare. Like we might have some actual breaking news coming onto this podcast. And we delayed it for a few minutes to see what the hell Aaron Rodgers was going to say on Pat McAfee's show. And not a lot turned out to be the answer. Well, maybe a lot, um, depending on your opinion on what, what was the name of the cleanse, the Pancha Karma cleanse. He's coming off a of Pancha Karma cleanse, which uh, I am not and had not encountered until today. Um, but he is not yet ready to declare uh, his intentions for the 2022 season. It, it runs the full range from retirement to relocation to returning to the Packers and ro- running that back. I don't know. He, he had a hashtag, what was it? Monday night gratitude post on Instagram, uh, obviously on Monday night. And it got everybody uh, concerned that he was about to make some sort of announcement about the, his future. He did not. He had very little to say. It was one of my first experiences actually watching a little bit of the McAfee show. I'm thinking of now going sleeveless on future podcasts. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Scott. I'm sick of talking about Aaron Rodgers, just the way (laughs) he held us hostage, emotional hostage all last year, only to come back to Green Bay. I I still don't think he was the MVP of the season. I think Brady or Cooper Cup would have been better picks. I mean, he's a great player. and, And obviously what he has with Devontae Adams is generational and is special. And I hope if Rogers is playing football next year, I hope Adams is on the same team as him because yeah, it's just so agree. much fun. You know, just some guys just have a certain relationship and chemistry and unspoken language and communication between them. Those are two two of the all time best and, and certainly the best I've seen. And I think it goes back to, you know, whoever you prefer Jerry Rice with, Montana or Young. Some people would say Manning Harrison, which is perfectly great too. But so I, I enjoy that. But this will I, won't I, and I don't know. There's a lot of stuff about Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot of beliefs in Aaron Rodgers' head that I don't believe in. Still a great football player. I just wish he'd make up his mind and, and make it clear where people stand. And I, mean, I get it. It's complicated, the relationship with the Packers, all the years they haven't drafted receivers, why they drafted Jordan Love when he wasn't really a first-round prospect, why they drafted a running back they probably didn't need. You know, I mean, I always think about what what if T. Higgins was on that roster, right? I mean, that's yeah. been the one thing that's held that team back. And isn't it crazy? You just think of, of some of the quarterbacks who have been to one Super Bowl. I mean, when Dan Marino went to that Super Bowl his second year, 
And then he was successful in Miami for a very long time, never gets back to the Super Bowl. Drew Brees wins it over the Colts. Um, I think Brees was the MVP that year. He did not win the MVP. He never won an MVP. You would just think, okay, they keep Brees and Peyton together. That's going to be a juggernaut. And they were, right? But never got back to the Super Bowl. Rodgers has never gotten back to the Super Bowl. And that's why when everybody talks about, look, I, I'm going to try to get some Bengals propaganda on this show, depending on how you feel about them. But it's hard to get the Super Bowl. We have no guarantee that Joe Burrow and the Bengals will ever be back, even if he goes on to have like a, a Hall of Fame credible career. Even if Jamar Chase, you know, ends up being the type of player over the next 10 years, I think a lot of us expect it's just hard to get to these games. And there's so many quarterbacks where the, the bag feels light. And um I don't know. Uh, Rogers has been to one Super Bowl. Brees has been to one Super Bowl. Marino. It's just hard for me to reconcile some of that when you think of how great they were and how they were in the playoffs just about every year too. Yeah, you know, I made I made this point on another podcast leading up to the Super Bowl, and and you said it. Joe Burrow could Joe Burrow could win multiple MVPs. You know, he could go to he could go to eight or ten Pro Bowls. Um, but to think that the Bengals are just going to automatically get back to that, and I like I. Listen, they got $56 million in cap space or something like that. They've got players lining up um, to to play with Burrow and Chase and everyone. It's really hard. Like, do you think Lamar Jackson's never going to make a Super Bowl? Justin Herbert? Do you think Patrick Mahomes won't get back again? Do you think, like, the list goes on and on of, yeah, of of AFC uh, quarterbacks who who are franchise guys who are surely going to get there. It's hard. It's it's really hard. As you like, when we were kids, the idea that Dan Marino would would you know not sniff another Super Bowl, it's it just seemed incomprehensible, right? Um, and and we could very well be in that same situation with Burrow. It is not an easy thing. Yeah, I wonder if it influences. You know, there's going to be a lot of quarterback movement, and I wonder if, if quarterbacks are thinking maybe the NFC is the easier way to go, where there's a lot of teams. There are like there are divisions right now, right? The NFC South everybody's in quarterback jail and the yeah. saints don't know who their quarterback is. I, I guess Brady's retired. So the Buccaneers have a vacancy. Uh, the Falcons have the last legs of Matt Ryan and a roster that has all sorts of problems on it. And, and Carolina, it seems like they're resetting a quarterback every year or they're stuck with Sam Darnold. You know, they they have also stuff. been linked over the last few days to literally every quarterback who may or may not be available. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I think Josh Stallone probably has like a 3% chance of being their opening day starter. It, it's gotten ugly. And that's a whole division, Andy, you know, I mean, I'll save us, save us, Justin Fields, you know, save us is, is the Washington, I want to say football team, I guess they're the commanders. Are they ever going to have a real quarterback? It's been such a long time. Who's the last Washington quarterback who was really good? It's Kirk Cousins for a moment. That seemed like it was so brief, but yeah, I mean, RG3 was really fun. Yes, of course. Yeah. And then even that, his rookie year goes back. That's, that's we're, hit, we're at the 10 year anniversary yeah. of his rookie season. Right. Luck, Wilson, and Griffin all came into the league. It's funny, the, the, that rookie class, right? I mean, Luck was pretty much as advertised, Griffin was as advertised. And then Wilson, who they handled with kind of kid gloves early on, they gave him more responsibility at the end of the season. He was a fantasy league winner in the playoffs. And then he went out with some great performances in the postseason. You could see that Russell Wilson was a star on the come. What was the story of this year's rookie class? Like, we don't know if anybody's any good, you know, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I, okay, you, you give him a, the Urban Meyer pass, but he didn't show much. Zach Wilson had a, a had a lost year. Uh, the few times that Trey Lance was asked to play, we didn't see much. Justin Fields was swimming uphill, you know, um, swimming upstream or running uphill. It's like combine those metaphors with a coaching staff that was clearly on the way out, didn't have a lot of help. 
you know, Mac, Mac Jones was perfectly competent, but I don't think anybody looks at Mac Jones and thinks, oh, okay, you know, Patriots are going to be a juggernaut again. I mean, he, he may be destined just to be an Andy Dalton type, which I don't know. Is that a win? If, if he ends up being as good as Andy Dalton, is that like, okay, good, we made the right pick? Or it's like, oh, man, maybe we should have shot for something better. Um, we were excited about this class. I, I thought the idea that none of them would play in a way that, that their franchise would jump up and down and say, okay, we got this right. Yeah. I don't think any of the French, I mean, you know, the Patriots are in the closest situation to that, but Mac Jones, I just can't, you know, what's the signature Mac Jones game that you point to and like, okay, the Patriots were dead in the water. And then Mac Jones said, no, no boys, we're winning today. <laughs> you know, we saw none of that, you know, again, fields had moments. You're not, you're not counting I, the I three pass attempts against Buffalo. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to think the game feels like it was five years ago, but you know, in a dynasty sense, who would you be excited about? I, I guess Lance only because he's got so many great pieces around him and he played so infrequently. I don't think we can hold anything against him, but we have no evidence that, that, that Trey Lance is going to be a great player either. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I, I, well, not to, not to spoil the discussion that we're about to have about teams that we're most excited to target, but I'm pretty interested in Trevor Lawrence with a, with a, a coaching staff full of adults, right? Like I don't, I don't think we've um, I don't think we've written the the final chapter of of the the saga of Urban Meyer in Jacksonville, right? And I think once we see, you know, not not just the presence of of Doug Peterson, but like some some like just in a, a full coaching staff of like adults, presumably with a shared vision uh, and not a lot of distraction, you know, uh, Jim Bob Cooter, I believe is on board and Mike McCoy is on board. Uh, like I'm, I'm pretty interested in seeing what we get from Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were, they were going to be like my honorable mention team that I'm most excited to target in 2022 drafts, because I'm assuming right at this moment that almost every, uh, almost everybody tied to that uh, to that offense is going to be if not free they're they're going to be they're going to be available very late they're going to be available like in the middle of your draft um and i like i'm still a i'm still a pretty big believer in lawrence i felt like there were i don't know three to five throws a game where you were like oh yeah that that's that's why he was drafted first the the arm is plenty impressive he really he really quietly rushed for over 300 yards uh, on the season had some uh, had some nice moments near the goal line as a as a rusher i thought we get travis Etienne back you know like this is something i i discussed with chris harris a little bit um i don't i don't think there was a team that i saw all season that would so routinely run route combinations where two receivers would end up in the same spot like a ton of these Trevor Lawrence interceptions and a ton of really bad moments for the Jaguars all season. Um, the ball would be delivered and there's two receivers right there bringing coverage to the same position. It was just like, sometimes there would even be a completion that kind of wowed you about Lawrence. I, re I remember this happened. I, I forget who they played in the final game of the year. Um, Lawrence threw a beautiful ball that I think was like 40 plus yards in the air and he hit a receiver in stride and there's another Jacksonville receiver who's, who's running like five yards to his right. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it just happened all the time. I'm ready for Jacksonville to run a real offense, like a real NFL offense that spaces out its players and puts him in a position to succeed. So I'm, that's a very long way of saying that I'm kind of in on the Jaguars. Yeah, and that you, you say the final game of the season, that was when they knocked the Colts out of the playoffs. Right, 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 right. right. I, how could I forget yeah, that? Yeah, so it ended up becoming a really important result that changed the shape of, you know, so we, we got to see more Derek Carr in our lives. I don't know who's really rooting for that, but we, <laughs> we get to see more of that or, the, or more another uh, Ben Roethlisberger lap. I think Roethlisberger would have been perfectly fine to go out with the, you know, the, the heroic 
I think it was an overtime win over Baltimore in week 18. Week 18 still feels strange to say. Yeah. And I guess another a positive thing about Lawrence and some of these first-year quarterbacks is you can look at the Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Terry Bradshaw couldn't find his way for a few seasons, and he was really bad as a rookie. John Elway was lost as a rookie. You know, it was the famous spot of, of him lining up, you know, under the, the guard instead of the center, you know. Um, you know. John Elway was not as good as a rookie. Troy Aikman got the confidence and tar kicked out of him in, in that first year in Dallas. Of course, you know, they, they made the Herschel Walker trade. They restocked the team, and the Cowboys were the NFL's dynasty, you know, for the next five or six years. But uh, he did not have a great rookie year. So it's a Pey- position Peyton Manning threw a zillion interceptions. As a yes, he did. I, I thought Manning also threw 26, I want to say yep. 26 touchdowns that year. I think Manning was the guy after that first season. It's like, okay, let them polish things up a little bit. And then what did the Colts do? I always point to this. They constantly stocked the fridge for him. You know, he he had Harrison to begin with, but Reggie Wayne first round, Edgerin James first round, Joseph Dye first round, Dallas Clark first round, even guys who didn't work out like Donald Brown or Anthony Gonzalez, they were all first yeah. round picks too. So um, quarterback's a position. It's so complicated. You just have – the face of the franchise pressure is on you. You're responsible for everybody on the offense. The, the stuff that you need to know is overwhelming. It used to be, it wasn't that long ago that the common school of thought was don't let the rookie quarterback play, right? Steve McNair didn't play right away. And uh, Carson Palmer didn't play right away because Philip Rivers signed late in San Diego. That actually enabled Drew Brees to become a star. They One reason they drafted Rivers is they weren't sure that Brees was any good. And because Rivers didn't sign early, maybe he wouldn't have started the season anyway. He sat for two full seasons. Philip Rivers was a clipboard holder yeah. for two seasons, and Drew Brees was a star, you know. And then you know the famous "What if?" You know, what if Miami clears his shoulder? Maybe he and and um, Nick Saban become legendary. They, they become the 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 Brees to Peyton. You know, it could have been Brees and Saban in Miami for the next 10, 12 years, but um, the doctors said no to that. But so I, I guess. If there's a position where I'm willing to be open-minded about a first-year flop, and we know tight ends kind of like that too um, because there's just so much responsibility for a tight end. It's not unusual when they don't pop right away, but um, you certainly have to give these guys mulligans. I I just would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that, something you could hang your hat on, a a game, a moment, and it just seemed like, unfortunately, most of these quarterbacks landed in bad situations where you know, the, the Niners happened to have a perfectly competent veteran quarterback they could play. They thought they could go to the Super Bowl. It just came to the point where, okay, we tri- playing Trey Lance right now doesn't make sense for us. In the case of Lawrence, you know, landed in the worst possible coaching situation. All the th- all the pieces in Chicago, as you know, had kind of gone rotten. They've all been swept away. So they, they have to start at stage one. You know, it's, it's almost like you know, it's like a redshirt season in a lot of ways for some of those guys. Well, give me, I mean, I've talked up Jacksonville a little bit, and they were going to be my fallback team here. Give me give me the single team that you are most excited to target in uh, in drafts for 2022. Yeah, it's, um, accuse me of recency bias if you want, and I'm not picking them to go to the Super Bowl or anything, but it has to be the Bengals because Jamar Chase is going to be 22. T. Higgins is going to be 23. Uh, Burrow is a little bit older, but he comes into – his third season, second off a major injury. Uh, they have a very, it's, it's ironic that their Super Bowl dreams went down in flames with at the feet of Samaj P. Ryan because they have a very condensed offense. <laughs> and it's usually, it's all about Chase. It's all about Higgins. It's all about Mixon gobbling up the touchdowns. And, and then you get a pinch of Tyler Boyd. You get a pinch of Uzuma, uh, who I think it actually could be maybe a six to eight touchdown guy if they used him just a little bit more. Um, but I, I, I like the fact the ages are right 
on this offense, the arrows pointing up and, and maybe the defense was, is going to give enough back on the other end that they're going to have to win a lot of games, 30 to 27 or stuff like that. I'm still not convinced that Zach Taylor is all that great of a coach. I think they may have been successful despite Taylor more than because of Taylor, but all of their offensive players are in the right. And, and also with Burrow, and this is a problem you have with a lot of other fantasy offenses. Although he's mobile enough to, to maybe run for 250 or 300 and a couple of touchdowns, he's not going to be one of these running quarterbacks who overwhelms his offense and takes food off the table of everybody else. Right. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about that. I mean, we saw that problem in Philadelphia, right? It's like, okay, I'm dying for a Miles Sanders touchdown, but we know it's going to go to Jalen Hurts. You know, it's, I mean, Miles Sanders had a, one of the all time great touch and yardage seasons without a touchdown. He's like fifth or sixth on an all time list. You don't have that problem with Burrow. When it comes to touchdown time, he's handing off to Mixon or he's throwing to one of his studs. So when you combine talent, age, trajectory, and the conciseness of the of the target tree, I think Cincinnati is a really good, exciting place to park your money. Yeah, we also have the fact that again, they you know, it's it's the salary cap and teams can find ways to make up salary cap space, but uh they, they've got almost $60 million to spend, right? Like, it's not even a worry there. They also have... You, you to know, fix the offensive line, right? We know the right, one thing they don't have right. is an offensive line. They have money. And, and you know, people push back on this. You know, Michael Salfino, my breakfast table uh, co-conspirator, was like, well, who are they going to sign? You know, where are these great offensive linemen? But their line was so bad that even signing average offensive linemen is going to make yes. that line better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can. they've got enough money to to, you know, throw a huge pile of cash at one or two of them they can draft it again, right? Like they've got multiple paths to address the offensive line and you've got players around the league, like, you know, Tom Brady retires and, and Rob Gronkowski is talking openly about how attractive it might be to, to be connected with Joe Burrow for the next couple of years, right? Like there, there are players interested in signing up for that show. Um, it's, it's become a destination, right? Cincinnati's the destination. Yeah. When's the last time we said that? It is, uh, it, it is wild. We, we talked about this in the, in the Super Bowl preview show, right? Like they, they came into the season and who seemed like a more likely candidate to get fired early than, than Zach Taylor, you know? All of the all of the preseason buzz was so bad surrounding that team. You know, we we sort of you know, you, you and I have talked about this before where like you can any bit of sunshine that you hear, any best shape of his life stuff that you hear out of training camp and preseason, you just kind of throw it away because that's the buzz around everybody. But bad news when there's like negative reports coming out of camp, that's that's something that you, you know, you have to prick up your ears and and pay attention to that. And there was plenty of it about about Burrow, about Chase. Um, and of course, uh, as soon as the regular season started, uh, we, we put all those fears aside and Jamar Chase was immediately great. But yeah, like th this is a team with a, I don't know where Joe Burrow is going to go next year. I don't know. Is he a top five fantasy quarterback? Is he a top, he's, he's surely a top eight fantasy quarterback, right? I haven't sorted it all out yet. Um, Jamar Chase is not going to slip outside. I don't know the top 15 picks in a draft. Joe Mixon isn't going to go much further than that. T Higgins is a really strong candidate to be that sort of breakout receiver that emerges from the running back dead zone, right? Like they've got four guys that are going to be going super early and you're going to feel really good about those picks when you make them. Right. And, and all, all the right ages, too. I, I'd be confident drafting any of those guys. As, I mean, I'm going to hate the person who gets Jamar Chase in the second round. You know, if, yeah. if, I, if I like consider Jamar Chase with like the seventh overall pick and don't take him and then somebody gets him at like 15, I'll be like, I hate you. <laughs> 
my my team that I actually chose uh, as the one that I was most excited to target in in drafts next season is is actually a division rival, and it's going to be uh, it's going to. Oh, be I know who you're picking. I know who you're picking. It's going to be the Baltimore Ravens. Man, we had a really fun Lamar Jackson season in uh, in progress before the ankle injury, right? He's so he suffers the the injury late in the season that is not going to carry into next year. We don't have to worry about that. In his first in Lamar's first 11 games before that injury, he was averaging 260 and a half passing yards per game and over 69 rushing yards per game. So he was he was comfortably on pace to give us well over 4,000 passing yards and to rush for 1,000 yards on the season. That's ridiculous. They've got J.K. Dobbins returning from an ACL injury. They've got Gus Edwards returning from an ACL injury. Like, we we were super stoked to be starting J.K. Dobbins last year, right? Like, he was a second, third-round pick, um, an ascending player. Marquise Brown is still only 25 years old. Rashad Bateman is only 22 years old. Um, Mark Andrews is coming off a monster season. Uh, he was an all pro, a 1300 yard receiver. They probably are going to add receiving talent either via free agency or the draft. It's not that I think Lamar Jackson is necessarily going to be a 4,000 yard passer in the coming year when they have their, you know, that full stable in the backfield. We know that they want to run the ball relentlessly, but man, can Lamar be like 3,800 passing yards and 1,000 or 1,100 rushing yards. I think that's very much in play. I'm I'm really excited about that offense if it's able to stay healthy next year. Do you think – are we at the point where Mark Andrews – I mean, would you ever consider taking him ahead of Travis Kelsey? Uh, yeah, we've got we've got Kelsey n- not in his first year on the on the other side of thirty, right? So, uh, sure, I th- I think we're close. I don't. It's going to depend on what else happens in Baltimore's receiving core, right? There's a handful of of you know rookie receivers they could bring in that I would get excited about. Obviously, there's there's plenty of vets out there that are going to be uh, available via free agency. So it kind of depends what else happens. Um, but am I, you know, I think I'm going to project Mark Andrews for like 1100 yards, 1150 receiving yards, something like that. He's obviously even in seasons where he's not a volume receiver and he's not piling up yardage. He's, he, he's just been Lamar's, you know, preferred red zone target. So it, there's a clear path for nine, 10, 12 touchdowns. Right. So I think it's close. I think it's really close. And he certainly joined that tier. How proactively do you draft Dobbins after a lost season and also tied to a running game where a lot of that pie is always going to go to the quarterback. Yeah. A lot of it goes to the quarterback and it's not, listen, it's not as if JK Dobbins is guaranteed, you know, a a full rushing workload either. (laughs) Like Gus Edwards is still there. Gus Edwards is still under contract. And they basically, I want to say that their knee injuries were like a week apart. Right. So they're going to be pretty much on the same recovery timeline. So if they're both back, they're going to be sharing a workload. I just thought Dobbins was such a, was such a spectacular runner not necessarily even a high volume receiver, um, but listen, there's there's no bad way to deliver something like 1,250, 1,300 uh, scrimmage yards and a bunch of scores. So that's been the other thing about Lamar Jackson. He's not like the Ravens don't call on him like at the one um, for, uh, you know, a, a bunch of like goal to go touchdowns. He, he doesn't. He doesn't get a lot of that. It's been it's almost been weird how how infrequently he finds the end zone himself, right? It's been it's been the one aspect of his uh, of his game as a rusher that's a little bit lacking for fantasy purposes. So, you know, can J.K. Dobbins score you know ten to fourteen touchdowns and give us twelve hundred scrimmage yards? Sure, I I you know I'd, I'd sign on for that right now. I don't 
I don't think I'm taking him in the second round. Like, I don't think that's enough necessarily to, to reach for him in the second round, but um, whenever he's available in the third round, sort of just outside that, that running back dead zone, I'm, I'm very interested. Yeah. And I, I think it's, if you include one of the playoff games, I think he had se- a streak of seven, seven games with touchdowns in a row at the end of his rookie year. So it's conceivable. Maybe he could be a 10, 12, 13 touchdown guy in a healthy season. So I, I can, I can sign off on that. I'm not sure how many, how many of these favored teams are we supposed to go over? I have a couple more that I have of interest. Yeah. Well, I led off with an honorable mention in Jacksonville. So, so give me an honorable mention before we, before we move to the teams that we want to avoid. Yeah. Um, other teams I had high up on. It's, it's weird. The Vikings are a weird team to mention, but it's on the strength of Justin Jefferson because Jeff, Justin Jefferson, along with Chase and, and a couple other guys, he has that. You might, if if you blink, if you go to the bathroom now, you might miss the most spectacular eighty-three yard touchdown <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. Justin yeah. Jefferson is that type of player, and then you combine, they still have Cook. You would think in the middle of a, or you know, still in his prime fantasy years. We'll see what Thielen has left. I think they'll be able to make Kirk Cousins come back, and and then that all work out. And this is a team that they're changing coaches, and you know, I think Mike Zimmer was a good coach for a long time. I think it was just time to make a change. He's obviously a defensive oriented guy, but Minnesota was the team that uh, underkicked its, its coverage with you know, the metrics. I'll say they probably should have been a playoff team, maybe an 11 win team or a 10 win team. And they finished, I believe with a losing record. This is, this is actually a team. I think you should go and bet as a future for like winning the NFC next year or something like that. It's a wide open conference and most teams have something glaringly wrong right arizona has to figure out what's going on with the quarterback i mean he's he's scrubbed everything arizona cardinals off his social media he and he has he wasn't just somebody drafted kyler murray in baseball he's a first round draft pick in baseball this isn't like like a little side project for him i mean he's a legitimate prospect the moment he decides he wanted to play baseball you know there's interest there he could you know that, that could be something that he could do for the rest of his life so they have a problem there. Seattle may be rebooting. We don't know if Wilson comes back to Seattle, if Rodgers comes back to Green Bay. There's so many teams that are starting fresh that I think the Vikings are a, just a kind of a sleeping giant here, and they're getting a new coach at the right time. But I want Justin Jefferson on as many teams as I can get. I know that's not going to be easy to do because everybody else in your league is going to like Justin Jefferson too. But he was on my list. Uh, if the Broncos, if they can finally figure out quarterback, and look, Rodgers can't go to every team. Wilson can't go to every team. <laughs> you know, even like the Gardner Minshews of the world, it's only one of them. You know, he can't go to. He can't save seven different teams. But if they were to upgrade a quarterback, man, they have so much receiver talent. We, we know Noah Fant is a breakout waiting to happen. Javante Williams is going to be everybody's favorite breakout player to the point it'll be nauseating when everybody says the same thing and everybody wants to claim credit. Oh no, I tweeted this thirteen months ago. Oh no, I tweeted it twelve months ago. I beat you. But um, you know, there's so much skill talent on that team. And uh, and also just a shout out to the Chargers. I consider Austin Eckler a part of the Yahoo family by now. Right. And uh, you know, he's so great. Not only did he score a bunch of fantasy points for us, but when he wasn't available to play. He he pointed out the right player for us to pick up in advance <laughs> who would have a great game, you know, so he's scouting for us. Uh, you know, Herbert obviously is uh, is one of those on the short list of, of quarterbacks who could take over the game. Uh, they have good receiver talent there. I, I'm gone broke 
picking the Chargers to win the AFC. It's, it never seems to happen. In fact, the fact that the one Super Bowl they went to, right, Stan Humphreys was the quarterback, I believe. <laughs> you know, all those Fouts teams never went, and all the Rivers teams never went. And, you know, obviously Herbert hasn't gone yet. But the one year they didn't really have much of a team. It was Alfred Papunu, you know, scoring in Pittsburgh. And and uh, they went to the Super Bowl. They were like 19-point underdogs, and the Niners covered that anyway. Steve Young threw six touchdowns. That but, is wild. When I, I've never really put it together that way for the Chargers. They've had Fouts. They've had Rivers. They've had breeze <laughs> they got herbert now and they went with humphreys that's amazing it, it yeah that's the one time you went yeah the, the 70s rams were like that where they were great for a long time and then the, their worst team in the 70s ended up going to the super bowl in 1979 and played an entertaining game for a while before the steelers pulled away on the stalworth touchdown but yeah a lot of teams i'm excited about even to lesser extent you know you, you talked about the jaguars i mean i think the lions could be a fun team St. Brown emerged oh, late man. in that season. I, they were almost my team here. They were they were Give me a healthy team. Hawkinson. You know, I know who you love your Iowa tight ends. And uh, you know, DeAndre Swift, if that guy can just get a break with the injury gods, Williams isn't a bad back. And I think that the usage could be condensed enough. I don't think they're gonna be throwing to five or six different receivers. You you would like Jared Goff to maybe be a little bit better, but um, you know, hey, hey, for a team that that covered what they covered like two thirds of their games. I mean, they were at ATM if you were betting on them last year. I think they'll at least be entertaining. They'll, they'll probably be entertaining in the seven and ten way, but they'll put up points. And they then, were they were know. so close for me. When you think about you know assuming Jared Goff is again the quarterback, you think about his tendencies, where where he's looking, the level of the field that he's looking to throw to. I mean, there's a there's at least a possibility of like a ninety or a hundred reception season for Swift. Um, obviously St. Brown is going to have a you know if I, there's no way that his final six weeks or whatever it was weren't real you know they used him in fun ways by the end too. moved him around a little bit um he's gonna be great yeah i i think the lions are a really good call here as well any uh also receiving vote teams you want to mention well you you hit it with detroit and uh jacksonville jacksonville was the one that i thought would would throw you a little bit i think the one player i didn't really mention there was travis Etienne, who's coming off a foot injury that again it's it's like a preseason foot injury right so he's there's no reason to think that he's not going to be good to go um, they obviously had some bad news on James Robinson at the end of the year. If they can just add like one more receiving piece uh, again, I think that team can be plenty interesting. For sure. For sure. And you know, the, I dare the coaching staff to be any worse. Can't be, can't be. It's, uh, it's utterly impossible. Let's, uh, let, let's jump to the teams. You know, it's, it's fun to say nice things about teams that, lo- that we're looking forward to, uh, investing in, but it is also necessary that we uh, that we talk down some teams. Who are you most likely to avoid in drafts in 2022? Pick one team. Well, my, my goal was not to take any low hanging fruit. You know, I mean, I, I there's some just teams that you know the Jets don't look like they have a lot of talent, and we'll see if Zach Wilson takes a leap. So I, I, I could kick on them. I'm not going to do that. Um, when's the last time the Saints look this uninteresting to you? We don't it? know what their quarterback yeah. situation is, and if it is Taysom Hill. You know, he, he's going to maybe Bogart stuff that other people won't get. Alvin Kamara is coming off a lost season. Now he may have some off the field trouble to deal with. They have such an unimpressive receiving group. The coach has left. The offensive brainchild has left. I can't remember the last time the New Orleans Saints were, were just dead to me. I, I don't, I'm not going to draft Kamara proactively. And I don't like anything in their past. Is there anything in their passing game that excites you? I don't like any of it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they intend to do with Michael Thomas. I don't know if Michael Thomas intends to be there. I, you know, he's, he, he's just a couple of years removed from the most prolific reception season in NFL history. And I, I, I don't know that he wants to play there. I think he's still plenty skilled, right? I don't know. 
I don't actually know how hurt he was or is. Um, he, he's the only thing that can possibly save that team. And then the, obviously a, a potential looming suspension for Alvin Kamara. Like with a whole lot of teams, there's like, I can find all sorts of reasons to not be interested in them. And yet there, there'll be one player who really stands out and you're like, well, I'm certainly not avoiding Alvin Kamara, but we don't, we don't know what his potential suspension situation is going to be. So that's really complicated as well. I think the, the saints are a really good call here. And Kamara, you know, was coming off an ineffective season. Anyways, efficiency numbers way down. His, uh, his usage was way down. And his usage just got weird, right? Like they, you know, instead of throwing to him 10 times a game, they were handing off to him uh, 22 times a game, which is just not, not something we necessarily thought he was built for and not what we'd come to enjoy in PPR leagues. I know how you love those PPR leagues. You know, (laughs) for every Frank Gore that we get, we have to remember there's like 40 other running backs where they are much closer to the end of their careers than we ever want to imagine. And it's, possible that Alvin Kamara will never have a dynamic fantasy season again and then make it two or three years would be retired and to everybody who thinks that's hogwash well you know you've seen Todd Gurley recently you know I mean yeah you know these uh, look at Le'Veon Bell's career path right I mean he was on the look at all the people who have been on the magazine covers all the running backs you've been all excited about you know, Christian McCaffrey Todd Gurley Le'Veon Bell um, we just saw Derrick Henry have a season where he got hurt. You know, Ezekiel Elliott did not play particularly well. He he was okay in the end of the season rankings because he played most of the year and they still gave him a lot of work. But I mean, his efficiency has really tailed off. We're all it's always later. It, I use the um the time zone theory where it's like you think you're on West Coast time, and it's really like ten a.m. <laughs> ten p.m. But it's actually one one in the morning. That's what running backs are like. You yeah. think it's on West Coast time. You think, oh, it's nine o'clock, it's ten o'clock, it's eleven o'clock. There's a lot of nights, you know, a lot of night, you know, still to be played. No, no, no. it's two in the morning. It's time to go home. I am uh, the the team that I am actually going to select for this. Um, surprisingly enough, because we we picked two teams from the same division before, we're going to do it again. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Bucks. I had I had a couple of different teams in mind. If we're drafting a best ball roster right now, or even just sort of a, a standard issue season long 2022 team. I don't, I don't think I'm taking any bucks. Like, first of all, we obviously, we don't know who the quarterback is going to be, right? It's, it's probably not going to be Kyle Trask. I guess that's a possibility. Um, but I, but I do know that Tampa Bay's quarterback next year is not going to pass for 5,300 yards and 43 TDs, which is what we just saw from Tom Brady in an MVP worthy season. Chris Godwin, he's a free agent who tore his ACL in December. Uh, but Mike Evans will probably keep the thousand yard streak going, but he's not going to do it with 14 touchdowns. Right. And Mike Evans, if he's just a thousand yards and like five touchdowns, it's probably not moving the needle for you. We've, we have no idea who's going to, who's going to land behind center for this team. Right. And, and yeah, they've been linked to, you know, Russell Wilson rumors, but he's going to be hard to move. Um, There's also a really strong possibility, perhaps a greater possibility that it is someone like, Jimmy Garoppolo. What if it's Marcus Mariota? What if it's Carson Wentz? What if it's, you know, there's, there's this huge game of quarterback musical chairs that's about to happen. And most of the answers are bad, right? Like there's Rogers, there's Russell Wilson, and then there's a whole bunch of bad ideas. Um, and it is just as likely that, you know, we get like a Jameis Winston reunion or we get Garoppolo or something that is just not particularly meaningful for any of these skill players. And then like, oh yeah, Leonard Fournette is a free agent and Ronald Jones is a free agent. And so like Keyshawn Vaughn, does that do anything for you? I'm not super excited about him. Had some nice moments late in the season, 
also had some rough moments late in the season. I'm not, I was never really a Vaughn truther, so I'm not super excited about him now. I assume there's going to be somebody else at running back for Tampa. I don't know who it's going to be. We've got Rob Gronkowski talking about either retirement or leaving for another team. I mean, there's just not, I don't know. I don't see much here that I want to draft. No, I think they're a dead zone too. And I thought you might've mentioned the Cardinals. I mentioned, I talked a little bit earlier about about Kyler Murray. I mean, didn't want to run the second half of the year, maybe even most of 2021. And, and Hopkins is getting really close to you worry about a cliff season. They, you know, Christian Kirk's been just a guy. Rondell Moore had such a empty rookie season. And, and nobody thinks that James Conner touchdown season is going to repeat. Um, and Chase Edmonds, of course, as, as far as we know, would, would break out into an allergic rash if he ever scored a touchdown. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I could see. It's funny. They were the last undefeated team in the NFL. I would not be surprised if Cliff Kingsbury was like fired in the middle of next season or something like right. that. And and I'm not sure that this Murray thing is fixable, you know, and the, the only thing worse than them not, fi- you know, it's it's like Murray has flaws and, and there's a problem here with the team with, with him and, and Murray and all that. But, you know, the moment you don't, it, it's like. The only thing worse than having a quarterback who's not happy and doesn't totally fit your system is when that quarterback goes and then you realize whoever you replace him with is going to be a major step down, you know? I mean, Arizona may thumb up its nose and say, okay, Kyle, you don't want to be here. You know, we'll we'll be fine without you. Well, you won't, though. Not, right. there, aren't that many, there aren't enough good quarterbacks as it is, and teams are not trying to get rid of these guys. But so The Seahawks so. are definitely not relocating Russell Wilson to Arizona, right? That's not happening. For sure. It's funny. We were Some of my Patriot friends we were talking about what would have happened had the Patriots lost the tuck rule game and, and would Brady have still been the quarterback the next year. And, and one of my friends, John Greco pointed out, remember they didn't just trade drew Bledsoe; They traded him to the Buffalo bills that that was bill Belichick saying, we are not worried <laughs> about this guy whatsoever here. Let's send him to one of our rivals. who We play twice a season. Good luck to that. You know, I know Brett Bledsoe did have a 31, nothing, the lawyer Malloy game. They beat him 31, nothing, but for the most part, the Patriots did not regret moving drew Bledsoe to a division rival. Who else? Uh, what other teams did you think about here? We can we can talk low hanging fruit. I mean, obviously, we could have, you know, we we could have mentioned the Houston Texans, who I think are running it back with Rex Burkhead in the backfield. Um, Davis Mills was fine at quarterback. There's Brandon Cooks is hanging around, but there's not a lot there. Uh, who who else did you consider here? You're gonna laugh at me. I I, I thought about the Chiefs for the reason that I I'm unlikely to pay Mahomes sticker. Yeah, Kelsey's 33. That's an age I'm worried about. I've never seen anything from Edwards Alaire that excites me. And, you know, Tyreek Hill, you have to probably take him in the first round. And there's other receivers I'd rather take than him. It, it's not that I'm still worried that Chiefs could beat me. That, you know, if you ended up with a with a, a bankroll of Chiefs, with a stack of Chiefs, I'd be nervous about that. Like, okay, I, I could be in trouble when I play Andy. But I, I don't think I'm going to – it's not that I'm down on the Chiefs in, in a vacuum. It's just what they're likely to cost. I don't think I'm going to be invested in them heavily. No, it's a good point. And we probably, you know, we probably should have prefaced this entire discussion with that because a lot of this is just about whatever the draft cost is going to be. And Mahomes, geez, I don't even, I don't even know who's going to be my QB one going into the season. It's probably Josh Allen, I suppose. It has to be Josh Allen. Allen. Does it it like have to be any one guy? Um, It is not that difficult for me to imagine any of, I don't know, half dozen different quarterbacks leading all fantasy scorers. I guess it has to be Josh Allen. Um, He's the guy... Let's talk about that a little bit, because when we talked about the teams we wanted to draft into, okay, we mentioned a bunch of teams. We didn't mention Buffalo even for a second. And it's funny, because if you don't get Allen, and he'll be the quarterback one on ADP, I feel pretty confident of that. 
if you don't get him, Stephon Diggs is a wonderful player, but he's got a little bit of that. He's not a touchdown dominant guy. He's not somebody you imagine scoring 15 touchdowns. You'd think he's going to score nine or 10 or eight, yeah. 11, a perfectly fine total, but you don't think of him as a dominant player in that area. Gabriel Davis will be on everybody's breakout list to the point that the value gets sucked out of it. You hope that Devin Singletary maybe continues off the momentum he built at the end of the year, but he doesn't have the body type where you think of him as a true bell cow. Sanders is old. I don't know if Sanders is coming back. The Dawson Knox season just screams out regression. Buffalo is the team right now. If you, if I had to pick an AFC uh, representative, I'd pick the Bills. It, you know, if I it, it, just just not talking about the odds or whatever. Just I think they they're the most. You know, they had a great defense. Leslie Frazier did a great job with them. Obviously, they're going to be without Dable on the offensive side. The team's really good, but if you don't get Allen and he's going to cost the most. And if you don't get Diggs and he's certainly going to be pricey, it's just, what are you drafting into? Again, there's going to be a, this big hipster fight over Gabriel Davis. You know, uh, Devin Singletary is probably going to still get drafted that running back dead zone, which always makes you a little bit nervous. Uh, it, it's a weird team that I think I think they're going to win twelve or thirteen games. But I don't I don't want to be the first team that ever draft a quarterback, and that's Allen. And so I, I find myself saying I believe in the team, and yet I don't think I'm going to have a huge fantasy investment in them. Yeah, a big part of the Singletary problem is is going to remain Josh Allen, right? Um, 700-plus sure. rushing yards last year. He's, you know, it it may change a little bit. And we saw, you know, we certainly saw when Devin Singletary was getting 20-plus touches a game that he was also finding the end zone. That was great to see, but Josh Allen has been the goal line back now for several years. So there's no reason why that wouldn't continue. Um, he's huge. He's built for it, right? He's great. I gave out a projection for Lamar Jackson that would that would beat what I expect to get from Josh Allen. So I don't I'm, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure he's going to be the QB one. He, he may end up atop my quarterback ranks when we come into the season. He probably will. But I don't think it's you know, I don't think he's a tier of one guy. Um, and, and I think there's a I think there's a whole group that could produce similar numbers. Um, he's obviously the, you know, 700 rushing yards, 4,000 passing yards, 30 passing touchdowns sort of quarterback. There's just other guys that I can imagine doing that same thing, which is crazy to say, right? We didn't grow up with that, but there, but there are other guys that I can imagine doing the same thing. So I'm not, I mean, you're right. I, I think, uh, Allen himself is a big problem for Singletary, the lack of a, a of a second receipt. Like, I also feel like they're going to bring in another receiver that is going to screw this thing up for Gabe Davis. And the, the Davis thing was obviously, you know, he left us on an incredible note and that's going to be what everybody carries into the off season and into training camp. But there's, I mean, they also added Emmanuel Sanders last year. There's a pretty good chance that, and plus it's going to be one of these environments that receivers are lining up for. So I, I'd be surprised if they don't if they don't make a buzzy ad at receiver. You know, we, we also didn't mention the Rams at all. And I, I've talked about this with some other people. I don't think we've talked about it. After Cooper Cup wins the Triple Crown, he wins Offensive Player of the Year. And he has a postseason that's right up there with, with the best Jerry Rice postseason, with that famous Larry Fitzgerald postseason. But it's so much better than Cup. Cup has always been a good player. He's never been a dominant player like this. How do you price Cooper Cup? In that passing game, you know, Woods will be back, of course. Um, Staff- Stafford's still there. I mean, how early would you be willing to take Cup Cup next year? Right after Devontae Adams, I think. I mean, I, I like there's there's going to be two different answers to the Cooper Cup question, and some people are going to say, "Well, that's an aberration. Um, I doubt that's going to happen again." And then other people are going to say, "Well, that's just the difference between having Jared Goff as your quarterback and Matthew Stafford as your quarterback." 
and I, I, I guess I tend to fall into that second camp, right? Um, I think the quarterback upgrade was a huge deal. I think Cup's rapport with Stafford was a huge deal. Like I kind of buy that narrative as well. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty all in on Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup is a top five overall fantasy pick. Makes a lot of sense to me. Again, like, and I, listen, I'm I'm assuming that Adams is still going to be tied to Aaron Rodgers next year. If he's not, then then Cooper Cup might be my my wide receiver one. Yeah, I think he's going to be my wide receiver one. You know, one of the things I say a lot: you just can't scream out regression and leave the room. Of course, it's un, it's unreasonable to expect Cooper Cup to replicate what he just did. But regression to what? If he still catches over 100 balls, if he still has you know 1,315 yards, uh, if he still has double-digit touchdowns, that's a first-round player. That's the top half, top half of the first-round player. Yeah, I believe the number last year was was it was it 15 wide receiver one weeks he had last. I mean, that's crazy, right? That's crazy. If he if he slips all the way to 10 wide receiver one weeks, um, he's still probably going to be the number one receiver in fantasy. Yeah, the fact that he hit he was so consistent while he was being so dominant. That was the great thing is that, you know, a, a lot of times, especially at receiver, which is a position dotted with variants. It's like, Oh, okay. It's, it's great that you just had 218 yards and three touchdowns, but the week you had 37 yards and no touchdowns, you, you I lost my game. I needed that game, but <laughs> yeah. you know, cup didn't just didn't have bad games. You know, he, he was a positive force for you every week. And that's, you have to appreciate that because football is a game where you know one play doesn't go. You bobble a pass, they they call a ticky tack holding, or you know, there's so many ways you tackle the two yard line. There's so many small things that can cost you to lose your game. But but Cooper Cup gave you a, a plus EV advantage every week, and in, in a way that's unlikely to be replicated anytime soon. All right, um, because you needed another dose of Cooper Cup hype, you got it. That is going to do it for another another family-friendly all-ages edition of the uh, Fantasy Football Forecast. Be sure, people, that you are following at Yahoo Fantasy on Twitter for all of the freshest fantasy content from the entire crew. You should definitely be following that guy. He's at Scott underscore Pianowski. And um, I don't know, if you're a bot, you can follow me at Andy Barons. Liz Loza and Matt Harmon will be back later in the week with more off-season nonsense. But until then, we are out.